G'day everybody, welcome to another episode of This Week in Crypto. My name is Craig Cobb and if you like this content, please do like, share, subscribe and if you've got any questions or comments, please list them in the comments section below. It's been a quite, a quite a crazy week in crypto this week, of course, with the week already down and it's only Wednesday, 20%. The reason this news is coming out a little bit later this week is because it was a public holiday here in Australia or much of Australia on Monday, so my apologies. We're going to kick off with the talk of the market right now, which is Celsius. Of course, there's been a lot of speculation, rumor, and somewhat facts that have been promoted and pushed on social media and news outlets. And we're starting here with Decrypt. The headline reads, what is Celsius and why is it crashing? Well, I read from the article here, as it says, amid a win... Amid a wider crypto market crash, crypto lending platform Celsius announced on June 12 that it was suspending all withdrawals on its lending platform, citing extreme market conditions and a need to stabilize liquidity. In the hours after the announcement, Celsius's native token Cell plummeted by 70% in a single hour. By the following day, it was trading at over 40% down. Now, this is Celsius. Uh, I interviewed Alex Machinsky or... Oh, might have been 2019 on the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast, which is another place that you should go and listen to. Little snippets of the markets and what's going on each day, really, is what I cover there. Now, he was a very bright man. He invented VoIP, V-O-I-P, which is Voice Over Internet Provider or something like that. That sounds right, but I don't really know. Uh, and was really a big, big force in, you know, something like Skype, you know, being able to talk over the internet. And... Um, I didn't get involved in Celsius at that time. There was many interviews, and most of those interviews I did, I was just too busy. I didn't get to jump in and invest in those. It had a very good rise, and lots of people putting money into it. But of course, there's a lot of tweeting, and this is where there's a downfall sometimes. It can come back to bite you, where he was saying that you'll always be able to withdraw your crypto, unlike a bank, where they can lock things up. Well, this is exactly what has happened. It's become a very centralized environment. This is one of the reasons I have not had any yield plays to date, because I am simply just too nervous. When it comes to my assets, I want them to remain my assets. And whilst they are in cold storage, they are mine. Don't get me wrong. I do still have assets that are sitting on exchanges. I have to. I'm a trader. That's how I make money in these uncertain times. When the market falls, I can short that market and I can still profit into USD that then I can convert into my investment portfolio when I see the time being right. The issue that Celsius has now is that a lot of people wanted to withdraw and couldn't. They halted it damaging the token value significantly and wiping out a lot of faith that was given to Celsius. Not soon, uh, not long after, I should also add, for the UST and Luna collapse, Celsius may be the next one on the chopping block. I certainly hope not because this is going to hurt a lot of people that have already been hurt and are suffering right now. To have a squeeze and to be you know, have the thought of potentially losing whatever you had on the platform is not a thought I would like to have. And I do certainly feel for anybody in that position. From all the reports that I've been reading, it sounds as though they've got a floor price of Bitcoin for their liquidation around about 14,000. There is were between 18 and 14. I'm not sure if they added further liquidity today to bring that to 14. But Bitcoin has the opportunity if it breaks 20 to run all the way to 12 and a half. And that's a reality. Uh, it's very harsh, but it might take some companies down. And if that's the case, if these sorts of companies like Celsius do have to liquidate their Bitcoin holdings, that's the way we're going to get to 12,500. Will we get there? Only time will tell, but be careful and be safe. 
Back to the article. I'll read. Once users have taken the plunge and put some money on the protocol, they're able to earn active, attractive yields. According to its website, Celsius offers up to 7%, sorry, over 7% returns on stablecoins such as USDC and Tether, 7.25%. For Polygon, 6% for Ethereum and 6.2% sorry, 6.25% for Bitcoin. The protocol then loans out its pooled tokens at higher rates to borrowers. Celsius insists it doesn't use customers' crypto for anything other than in-protocol lending and Bitcoin mining operations and boasts testimonials about its transparency and real-time orders as a unique selling point. Okay, sounds pretty good, right? Especially in a low-interest environment, I had said and I had been looking into for quite some time, this was, oh, no, oh, geez, six, seven months ago, maybe more, uh, at this exact sort of thing, looking at yield plays, because I do see these as being the future because when we're in a low interest rate environment, well, people's money against inflation is actually losing money at a great rate of knots. For most people that aren't very wealthy, it's going to just slowly erode away their buying power, and that's not a good thing. These good yields that were being offered were very attractive. The risk side to me was that if I was to put a wedge of stablecoin or Bitcoin onto any platform, it's no longer really mine. So the risk of putting this much out for this much per year, sure, it sounds good. However, the risk to me was still far too great in what I still see as an emerging sector, which is the yield play. The collapse of, of Celsius, I hope it doesn't happen, would really hinder the further trust and growth of that sector, which is ultimately going to hurt people in crypto and the average person out there as these services start to get more and more traction. Because if they're not making it 7% in a Celsius account, it's probably going to be sitting in the bank getting three-fifths of bugger all. So I want to see them succeed. I want to see things tighten up, get stronger within this industry so I can help more people, not hurt them. Back to the article, the short-term cause of Celsius's troubles appears to be Lido's staked Ether, STETH, a token that's pegged to Ethereum's ETH. Um, STETH represents Ethereum locked on the Ethereum 2.0 beacon chain, a chain that runs parallel to the main Ethereum blockchain that will eventually combine with the Ethereum mainnet in, event, in an event known as the merge, transitioning the network from proof-of-work consensus mechanism to proof-of-stake. On DeFi platforms, STETH is often used as collateral to borrow Ethereum. The problem is STETH recently lost its peg to ETH, threatening those positions. With holders selling and the date of the merge mirrored in uncertainty, there is now heavy selling pressure on STETH. Does this open up opportunity? It doesn't for me, no. For me, I'm all about owning the actual token that it is the actual token. So I do own Ethereum, I do own Bitcoin. I will tell you that right now. I will also say that when we have these imposters or these, these merging type things or these bridges, that seems to be where we're finding a lot of the problems occurring at the moment. And perhaps the industry, industry needs to sort of self-regulate a little bit and ask the question of, is it really worth doing or can we just keep cheese as cheese? Do we need to have all these different varieties that aren't really cheese? I don't think so, but I don't know. I'm not a techie. All I know is that they seem to carry more risk, and with risk comes destruction, and destruction causes people to have pain, and I don't like to see that. We'll see what comes later on from Celsius as this story unfolds. In May 2022, Celsius changed its reward offerings to comply with regulators by phasing out high-interest accounts for non-accredited U.S. investors. Essentially, a fancy way of saying that it barred people who neither make $200,000 annually nor have $1 million in the bank for earning the highest yields. And that's why we need a platform like Celsius. 
but we need it to be real and open for everybody. Why is it that the rich can get richer, but the poor have to stay poor? Why can't they have access to high yielding products? Some people will say, well, they don't have the understanding, i.e. they're too dumb to do this. That is so far from the truth, it's actually, it's actually insulting. Um, people should, I mean, look, one of the things that I do, that does get my go is that people won't invest in their education. They'll just as likely go out there and throw money at some strange NFT that has no future or whatever. I'm not saying NFTs have no future, by the way, but there's a lot of rubbish out there. Or they'll throw it in a project that someone on Twitter talked about. Then they'll get all upset when it doesn't go to plan. The plan, what is the plan? There is no plan. Buy it, moon, when moon, when Lambo, blah, 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 wank, wank, wank. Stupid stuff, right? The bottom line is this, your education is the most important investment you will ever make. When you invest in yourself, it's something that no one can ever take away from you. No matter what, you own that. It is within you. It is absorbed into your being. It is yours. Anything else that you invest in is good, but you must have that education first and foremost. And you might think this is going to lead into a sales pitch. It's not. Whether it's me or someone else, find something that works for you and start learning. Because getting rich quick is one thing. We all dream of doing it. But I can tell you from my experience in markets, it typically takes time. And what, what happens if you do get rich quick? Well, you tend to get poor even faster because you don't know how you got rich in the first place. I've seen many people get massive paper gains and those same people crying on the way down because they didn't even take any profit. Sad state of affairs avoided by a good understanding of whatever it is that you're doing. A lot of money has meanwhile been moving out of Celsius in its first half of 2022. The total amount of digital assets locked on the protocol shrank from around 24 billion to 12 billion halving. That's pretty heavy. Following Sunday's freeze on withdrawals, Celsius rival Nexo proposed a buyout of certain uh, of certain of the firm, well, that doesn't read properly, of certain of the firm's liquid assets, pointing to what appears to be insolvency of Celsius. With the wider crypto market deep in the red. It's a tumultuous time for DeFi in particular and crypto in general. Amen to that. Stay strong, stay safe, get off Twitter, get off YouTube. Well, you got to watch this, right? Get away from the echo chambers, get away from the screaming, the fighting, the bickering, the, the moaning, and get outside because Twitter's not going to save you now. Twitter didn't save you in the first place. Twitter will never save you. The only person to save you is you. On the Cointelegraph, the headline reads, Crypto Winter Survival Guide, Community Shares Game Plan for the Bear Market. Okay, so only a couple of things that I wanted to highlight in this particular article that I see as being significant and important. Now, what they're saying here, I'll read. Because of this, the trader noted that the top priority must be figure, figuring out one's risk tolerance, or the amount you're willing to lose, and dollar cost averaging, which restricts your potential upside to mitigate possible losses. The second part of this, it says, for long-term Bitcoin and Ethereum holders, Ong said the multi-year swings will not make much of a difference. Ong advised these types of traders to spend quality time with friends, family, and themselves. Those two things really surmise to me what we need to be doing and what you need to know. The first highlighted section is talking about risk management, the tolerance. This is what I teach as well, having cutoff points, understanding your risk, thinking it through. I did a post recently on Twitter and Facebook suggesting exactly this. Break things down so you understand it, then you can't get in a spin. That's why I also say get off Twitter. Often by reading other people's complaining and anger and shouting and negativity, we can convince ourselves that we too are in that position and it won't help you at all. 
We want to stick to what our plans are. So have a plan, manage your risk, and be very, very aware that yes, things can get bad. It's not always Ferraris, Lambos, and going to the moon. Second to that, if you are a long-term holder like I am, my portfolio that I've managed to hold on to without selling back to stable coins, then I did a lot of that. Um, not recently, that was back, I think it was March last year, April, May, through that period. Uh, and again, recently, when we hit that, all, that recent all-time high, getting out is very, very important because when the market falls like this, I have the opportunity to build my portfolio once again and uh, and then look for the multi-year run. If you are a longer-term investor and you're not a trader, then there's no reason for you to be at your screen. So go and do something nice. Go and be around the people that you want to be around and take a break. Bank of America survey shows consumers aren't done with crypto just yet. Results show growing interest in the use of cryptocurrencies as a payment method. Fantastic to hear. A couple of highlighted points from within this article that I'll read to you now. Despite the sharp correction in crypto valuations, consumer interest in the sector is still strong, Bank of America said in a report on Monday. The bank recently conducted a survey of 1,000 existing and potential users of cryptocurrency and digital asset exchanges. It found that 91% of respondents intended to buy crypto in the next six months, which was the same percentage of those who said they had bought in the last six months. Uh, Bank of America sees growing interest in the use of crypto as a payment method, it said, with 39% and 34% of respondents using crypto as a payment method to make online or in-person purchases, respectively. So they're actually using it. They're not just buying and speculating. They're actually paying with it. It's a payment gateway system that they're using. Tools are being created. DApps are being created. And you can now use your crypto to pay for stuff. Another good win. The majority of respondents were short-term investors, with 77% normally holding crypto for less than a year, the report added, and there lies our problem. People are not looking to do this for the long term. Why? They don't understand it. They're looking simply for get rich quick. I've got to make some money. I know, I'll buy crypto. Wrong answer there, Charlie Brown. If you want to build wealth, you've got to learn the skills. You've got to give it patience, give it time. And when people are fearful, be greedy. That's now. Be careful though, all right? Always be careful. Just because the market is red and we're down a lot right now doesn't mean we can't go further. That's what we cut back to the other article and talk about a risk management plan and understanding the long-term effects of this market. Sure, it could go to zero. I'm not one of those people that believe that we are going to zero. If we're not going to zero, we're likely going to go higher again at some point. A good cyclicity um, sorry, a good cyclicity plan is to work around the halving events as that seems to be a fairly good way to read what the market's going to do next. Very easy to do. There's actually a countdown clock for that. Go and Google it, and you'll know roughly how far away that's going to be. Again on Cointelegraph, scientists claim to have designed a fully decentralized stablecoin pegged to electricity. Well, how about that? Researchers at the federal, uh, federally funded Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory say that again. No, I won't. It's too hard. In California, I have combined statistical mechanics and information theory to design a class of stablecoin dubbed the electric, electricity stablecoin. They obviously are not very artistic. Just saying that name is not very creative or an e-stablecoin that would transmit energy as a form of information. Livermore's Maxwell Murialdo and Jonathan L. Balouf say their innovation would make it possible to transmit electricity without physical wires or a grid and create a fully collateralized stablecoin pegged to a physical asset, electricity, that is dependent on its utility for its value. Hang on. That just said would transmit energy as a form of information 
make it possible to transmit electricity without physical wires or a grid. That's like the Jetsons. Wow, I'll be following that closely. That's a, a massive technological advancement for sure. I mean, no wires, no underground, no digging. That's a massive save of cost. <laughs> I mean, you look at Australia here, ONBNs cost us about a hundred trillion billion gazillion dollars. And my tethering through my phone to my computer is still faster than the bloody NBN. It's an absolute waste of time and a waste of our money. But hey-ho, this is where we are. This may change that. I'm all for it. Continuing in the article, they suggested that electricity has a highly stable price and demand. Well, I guess that's fair. And the electricity used in mining e-stablecoins would be easily sustainable. Well, I guess that depends on where the electricity comes from. To make a working e-stablecoin further advances that increase the speed transfer, uh, transfer entropy, entropy and scalability of information engines will likely be required, according to the scientists. So it's a very early stage project. It is done at a university. It is a study. Now, part of that means it's a long way off because we need the technology to be able to uh, essentially manage the network. Uh, we need the technology for us to have into our homes, and that's going to take quite some time. But again, we've got something here that the crypto growth and uh, whatnot has allowed us to progress with, and I'm all for that. I think that's a very positive piece of news, actually, in what has been a very negative week. Over to Richard Branson here with Bloomberg. Richard Branson takes aim at crypto scams that use his name as Lua. Now, ladies and gentlemen, while we are on this point, people are doing that against my name. We have so many imposters out there, so many fakes and scammers. I will never ask you for your crypto. Yeah, you can buy my courses with crypto on my website only. We will never ask you for your crypto. We will never suggest we're doing a fund and therefore you need to send it to this address because all that stuff is not what is on our plans. Keep your crypto, don't follow the scams, and know there is only one TraderCobb. It's TraderCobb.com. Okay, have a good one on that. On a bit, on to Branson. British billionaire Richard Branson hit out at cryptocurrency scammers and said he's stepping up efforts to stop his name from being used to convince unsuspecting victims to sign up to fraudulent schemes. Mr. Branson, good on ya. He said it's a terrible thing because it affects a small person who can ill afford it. There's that beautiful English speaking. I, I couldn't even get that out. I couldn't even say the beautiful English language. Um, <laughs> Branson said in an interview in Austin, Texas, we are doing enormous amounts to try to stop it. And I think that's a positive once again, because yeah, I see all sorts of stuff popping up in my feeds. And here's the biggest kicker. You've got Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the main three uh, that are sort of allowing these scammers to promote their material. These are paid ads that go out, right? Paid ads. They will keep those accounts going. I get Trader Cobb accounts all the time popping up and wanting to follow me. All right. I report them. They remain up. So the scammers, they don't seem too interested in trying to stop. It's the platforms that need to step this up. Because I tell you what, it's very easy to fool people, so it seems, because there are so many people that are trying to do it. It's very sad that they would allow a scamming account, an imposter, to spend money, but that's the bottom line, and that's the problem. Anywhere the money comes from, they don't give two hoots. Yet, if you tweet about something that might not be in the mainstream, you will be instantly banned, deleted, and shut down. They're happy for the scammers to be there if they pay money. They're not happy for your opinion if it goes against whatever it is that it goes against. And I'm all for that too. You know, I, I just think that you know we shouldn't be censoring people. Um, I mean, back when I was a kid, you'd always have people saying stupid stuff. What did we do? We'd go... David's a dickhead, and we'd walk that way. David's over there. 
So it's very easy to ignore people that are crazy. I don't know where we've lost the ability to make our own decisions and to be accountable for those decisions, but apparently we have. We're not allowed to say uh, certain things anymore. Uh, there's a lot of things that are just, just people just explode over, which are, it's crazy to me. And Twitter seems to be one of those places along with Facebook that seem to be sort of barring that freedom of speech a little bit. Look, they can do whatever they want to do, but in, this, in the same sense, if there's somebody that's annoying you or that you don't agree with, you don't have to have a fight about it. Just don't talk to them. It's not that difficult, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's what my parents taught me. Maybe you uh, should be teaching that to your kids too. You probably are. That sounded offensive and it wasn't meant to, but you get my gist, okay? Furthermore, despite the route in cryptocurrencies, Branson said he continues to recommend Bitcoin purchases via legitimate avenues as long as individuals aren't overexposed. Good advice, Mr. Branson. If people can afford it, I still would put a little bit of money into Bitcoin, maybe a couple of percent of one's investments, he said. I agree with that as well. So overall this week, there's been a lot of carnage, a lot of bad news, but there have been some little bits and pieces that have been good. That energy e-stock, uh, e-stablecoin, that sounds very, very interesting there, but the main news remains to be Celsius. Will they make it through this crash? Will we see the market go lower? And will you be prepared to trade it on the way down? Well, if you'd like to be prepared, please visit the description below or just go straight to tradercob.com and we will guide you safely throughout this market. We will also make sure that you are developing and growing a set of skills that you will own yourself for life. So never a better time than now. Your future is yours. The years will pass. What will you do with that time and years? I often hear people say to me, oh, I wish I started trading years ago. No, shut up. No offense. Who cares? We can't go back in time. All you can do is start now. It's up to you. I am Craig Cobb. This is This Week in Crypto. I hope you're safe and well, and I hope you're doing great. Take care. Bye for now.